Letter forty two of Clarissa Harlowe, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter forty two. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe, Saturday morning, eight o'clock, April eighth. Whether you will blame me or not, I cannot tell but i have deposited a letter confirming my resolution to leave this house on monday next within the hour mentioned in my former if possible i have not kept a copy of it but this is the substance i tell him that i have no way to avoid the determined resolution of my friends in behalf of mr solmes but by abandoning this house by his assistance i have not pretended to make a merit with him on this score for i plainly tell him that could i without an unpardonable sin die when i would i would sooner make death my choice than take a step which all the world if not my own heart would condemn me for taking i tell him that i shall not try to bring any other clothes with me than those i shall have on and those but my common wearing apparel lest i should be suspected that i must expect to be denied the possession of my estate but that i am determined never to consent to a litigation with my father were i to be reduced to ever so low a state so that the protection i am to be obliged for to any one must be alone for the distress sake that therefore he will have nothing to hope for from this step that he had not before and that in every light i reserve to myself to accept or refuse his address as his behaviour and circumspection shall appear to me to deserve i tell him that i think it best to go into a private lodging in the neighbourhood of lady betty lawrence and not to her ladyship's house that it may not appear to the world that i have refuged myself in his family and that a reconciliation with my friends may not on that account be made impracticable that i will send for thither my faithful hannah and apprise only miss howe where i am that he shall instantly leave me and go to london or to one of lord m s seats and as he had promised not to come near me but by my leave contenting himself with the correspondence by letter only that if i find myself in danger of being discovered and carried back by violence i will then throw myself directly into the protection either of lady betty or lady sarah but this only in case of absolute necessity for that it will be more to my reputation for me by the best means i can taking advantage of my privacy to enter by a second or third hand into a treaty of reconciliation with my friends that i must however plainly tell him that if in this treaty my friends insist upon my resolving against marrying him i will engage to comply with them provided they will allow me to promise him that i will never be the wife of any other man while he remains single or is living that this is a compliment i am willing to pay him in return for the trouble and pains he has taken and the usage he has met with on my account although i intimate that he may in a great measure thank himself by reason of the little regard he has paid to his reputation for the slights he has met with i tell him that i may in this privacy write to my cousin morden and if possible interest him in my cause i take some brief notice then of his alternatives you must think my dear that this unhappy force upon me and this projected flight make it necessary for me to account to him much sooner than i should otherwise choose to do for every part of my conduct it is not to be expected i tell him that your mother will embroil herself or suffer you or mr hickman to be embroiled on my account and as to his proposal of my going to london i am such an absolute stranger to everybody there and have such a bad opinion of the place that i cannot by any means think of going thither except i should be induced some time hence by the ladies of his family to attend them as to the meeting he is desirous of i think it by no means proper especially as it is so likely that i may soon see him but that if anything occurs to induce me to change my mind as to withdrawing i will then take the first opportunity to see him and give him my reasons for that change this my dear i the less scrupled to write as it might qualify him to bear such a disappointment should i give it him he having besides behaved so very unexceptionably when he surprised me some time ago in the lonely wood-house 
finally i commend myself as a person in distress and merely as such to his honour and to the protection of the ladies of his family i repeat most cordially i am sure my deep concern for being forced to take a step so disagreeable and so derogatory to my honour and having told him that i will endeavour to obtain leave to dine in the ivy summer-house and to send betty of some errand when there i leave the rest to him but imagine that about four o'clock will be a proper time for him to contrive some signal to let me know he is at hand and for me to unbolt the garden door i added by way of postscript that their suspicions seeming to increase i advise him to contrive to send or some to the usual place as frequently as possible in the interval of time till monday morning ten or eleven o'clock as something may possibly happen to make me alter my mind o oh, my dear miss howe what a sad sad thing is the necessity forced upon me for all this preparation and contrivance but it is now too late but how too late did i say what a word is that what a dreadful thing were i to repent to find it to be too late to remedy the apprehended evil saturday ten o'clock mr solmes is here he is to dine with his new relations as betty tells me he already calls them he would have thrown himself in my way once more but i hurried up to my prison in my return from my garden walk to avoid him i had when in the garden the curiosity to see if my letter were gone i cannot say with an intention to take it back again if it were not because i see not how i could do otherwise than i have done yet what a caprice when i found it gone i began as yesterday morning to wish it had not for no other reason i believe than because it was out of my power a strange diligence in this man he says he almost lives upon the place and i think so too he mentions as you will see in his letter four several disguises which he puts on in one day it is a wonder nevertheless that he has not been seen by some of our tenants for it is impossible that any disguise can hide the gracefulness of his figure but this is to be said that the adjoining grounds being all in our own hands and no common footpaths near that part of the garden and through the park and coppice nothing can be more by and unfrequented then they are less watchful i believe over my garden walks and my poultry visits depending as my aunt hinted upon the bad character they have taken so much pains to fasten upon mr lovelace this they think and justly think must fill me with doubts and then the regard i have hitherto had for my reputation is another of their securities were it not for these two they would not surely have used me as they have done and at the same time left me the opportunities which i have several times had to get away had i been disposed to do so and indeed their dependence on both these motives would have been well founded had they kept but tolerable measures with me then perhaps they have no notion of the back door as it is seldom opened and leads to a place so pathless and lonesome if not there can be no other way to escape if one would unless by the plashy lane so full of springs by which your servant reaches the solitary wood-house to which lane one must descend from a high bank that bounds the poultry-yard for as to the front way you know one must pass through the house to that and in sight of the parlours and the servants hall and then have the open courtyard to go through and by means of the iron gate be full in view as one passes over the lawn for a quarter of a mile together the young plantations of elms and limes affording yet but little shade or covert the ivy summer-house is the most convenient for this heart-affecting purpose of any spot in the garden as it is not far from the back door and yet in another alley as you may remember then it is seldom resorted to by anybody else except in the summer months because it is cool when they love me they would often for this reason object to my long continuance in it but now it is no matter what becomes of me besides cold is a bracer as my brother said yesterday here i will deposit what i have written let me have your prayers my dear and your approbation or your censure of the steps i have taken for yet it may not be quite too late to revoke the appointment i am your most affectionate and faithful clarissa harlowe why will you send your servant empty-handed end of letter forty two